Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, well, we're going to roll. And I'm going to dive into a verse. Do you know why? Well, let's go ahead. Mike, go ahead and bring up this first verse. Acts 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Guess where he doesn't live? Temples made by man. What do you think? He is not living in this building. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Grace Christian Fellowship. Now I have a place to live. That is not what's going on here. Uh, Nor is he uh, served by human hands. Nor is he served by human hands. As though he needed anything. You know, when we serve God, it's not like he goes, oh, thank you. Now I've got somebody to do this for me. (laughs) As though he needed anything. We serve God simply because he's God. Because of the goodness he brings. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah? I want to keep that in front of us today. And I want to share, this is a a fairly informal kind of message, but I I think about this message, I've thought about this topic a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And this is just a little slice of my thinking about our community here at Grace. Okay? So this is kind of a grace-minded message. And if you're not, if you don't know much about us, I think that you'll certainly learn something about us today. Um, and if you're a gray site and you've been a gray site for a long time, I hope that you'll get a fresh perspective on what I think uh, and, and what I believe our church is about, at least in some ways, in some ways. And again, this is a fairly informal message today. I, but I do just, I, I, I do think it's an important thing to, uh, to keep this in front of us, if that makes sense. So, <clears throat> there are several paradoxes that the that churches have across America, across the world probably, and I, and I, I just want to share them. These are just several. I'm sure you can think of more paradoxes, but they're real paradoxes. And I've talked with some of us, some of you, some of us, Graysites, and I've, we've talked about these paradoxes. Some of them I've spoken on before. Uh, sin comparisons, for example, the paradox of this is, my sin is the worst. Or, on the other side of the spectrum, Uh, their sin is the worst. You know what I'm talking about? Where somebody says, my sin is so bad. I did something in my life. It's so bad. It's so heinous. It's so terrible. And and somebody over here is going, yeah, my sins really aren't that bad. My sins are just little sins. Sometimes I tell white lies. Sometimes I eat a little too much. You see? Kind of a paradox. You see what I mean? Another one, the context of our forgiveness. Some people will say, I can't, I just, I I can't forget what I've done before. I just can't get it out of my head. And somebody on the other side may say, or even the same person in a different day may say, uh, how am I, 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 that's so old news, I'm just moving on from it as if it never happened. But meanwhile, there's still consequences of something. You know what I mean? We're forgiven, but we still may have consequences of something. Have you ever gotten a haircut that's a bad haircut? And you say, I'm never going to go back to that person again. You still have the consequences of the haircut, don't you? You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to call him back. <laughs> I'm just, I don't even know whose phone that was. I, I can say it with clean conscience. I'm not picking on you. But my phone's, has, your, has everyone's phone gone off at the wrong time at some point in their life? Yeah. I remember one time, I shared this story a long time ago, in the, in the beeper days, the pager days. 
My dad used to have a pager that you could talk in for 15 seconds. So you could call and you could say, you know, call me here, call me at work, something like that. Well, my dad was in a prayer meeting and I called and I thought it would, the pager was in another room with my mom. And I said, does it still stink out there? <laughs> Let me just tell you, when my dad got home from that prayer meeting, <laughs> we had words. I had to correct him. That was another one, another one. <clears throat> Our place, or the thinking that we're uh, really special to God. And then there's the other side, and thinking that we're worthless. You ever known anybody like that? Some people will say, I'm so special, so special to God. I'm a treasured jewel. And somebody else will say, uh, God, does, he can't even use me. I'm no good. I'm good for nothing. I've, got, I've been so bad. I'm good for nothing. I'm worthless. So we have kind of these paradoxes in our kingdom, in a believer's community. And I believe some of you probably have taken on these paradoxes in life. I hope you're not still walking on one extreme or the other. And that's really what I'm trying to speak to here is the extremes of these. And I hope that you understand that by God's grace, we go before him. Not because he needs us. Not because he's waiting, you know, he, I can't wait. I'm trying to get somebody, you know, could you imagine God being, I'm trying to get somebody to be a witness for me in this one place. I hope, uh, I, I hope Jeff can do that. Jeff, I need you to be a witness. I mean, he just wants us to want him. And he's just looking for that kind of relationship. And, and it brings me to something else. Like I said, this is fairly informal, but I, a little bit of a heart sharing. Can I give you a pet peeve? A, a church pet peeve? Would that be all right? Sure. Now, I don't know if you do this. I can't think of one person in here that does this. Not one. So if you do this pet peeve, I preemptively apologize. Uh, but I don't know anybody that does this in here. And my dad and I have talked about this quite a bit. My brother have talked, and I have talked about this. I've talked to Andy about this a little bit. When people say this, you ready? They say, that person's so anointed. That drives me crazy. So let me give you a little bit of an explanation to this. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. If, we've, if we're in this place, and I'm going to speak this fall quite a bit on the Holy Spirit, actually. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're all anointed. Somebody's like, no, 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 but that person's extra anointed. That's like being sort of pregnant. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You are pregnant or you are not pregnant. You are walking with the Holy Spirit or you are not. Sometimes there's a preacher who gets up and he lays it out there. He lays the word out there. And somebody says, oh, he's so anointed. Yes, he is. At least we hope that he is. But guess who else is? We are. Somebody says, yes, but I'm not anointed music leader. Yes, you are. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I think sometimes they're mistaking gifting for anointing. Because somebody may be gifted in something. They may be a gifted speaker. They may be a gifted musician. They may be a gifted artist. But to say that they have an extra anointing is a bit silly. And it's really inaccurate. So when I think of us here, I think, you know what? 
we got a bunch of anointed people in our congregation. We got a bunch of people walking around with the Holy Ghost everywhere they go. We got a lot happening here. Are you with me? So in the scriptures, we know that there's a lot of things. <clears throat> let, me, let me be specific. Paul speaks a lot to community building. Let's go ahead, Mike. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name... This is the beginning of 1 Corinthians here. Paul's jumping in and saying this. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there may be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. So Paul... Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and there's all kinds of stuff happening in this, in this community's believe, uh, community of believers. There's all kinds of things going on, and Paul's trying to speak to them and trying to say, be one community, amongst other things. He's actually, says a lot of things in 1 Corinthians, but he's trying to say, be a, a community. Be a community. And in this time, you know, they didn't have, this community was mostly Gentile. They didn't understand a lot of the Jewish context of the scriptures at that time. So they were coming in very cold turkey. They had given their lives to the Lord. They were coming in cold turkey, not knowing uh, some of the earlier context of the scriptures and what was said in the Old Testament. They had very little knowledge. And Paul's trying to explain it to them. And not only do they have a little limited knowledge, that this was a very uh, culturally a messed up area, that one of the chief uh, religions, the chief, we'll say gods, or the small g in this area, was Aphrodite, goddess of love. And she had, at one point, in the, in the, in the, the zenith of uh, Corinth, the city in Corinth, historians believe she had over a thousand high priestesses. If you're a goddess of love and you have a thousand high priestesses, you can't imagine, or I can't imagine, that they're all, what sort of things do you think they would be doing? It was what we would know would be an abomination in the Bible. So this is the culture they're starting, they're trying to get out of without having a deep context of the, anything in the Old Testament. And Paul's saying, look, you need to be a community. And he spells out for him in 1 Corinthians how to do it how to get along, how to work together, how to use your gifts. The, the most important thing, he says, is love. It's more important than prophecy, more important than knowledge. Love. So, and he spells all of this out and other things again, other things out in trying to build this community. Then I think about us and who we are. We've got the Holy Spirit with us. We're fully Holy Spirited. We just have a lot to learn about that. But we've got, we've got him with us. And we've got this understanding that the community is so important to us. It was a port of the church in Corinth, and it's no different here in 2019 in Milwaukee at Grace Christian Fellowship. Our community is a very good thing. Are you with me? Yeah. So Paul kind of set this tone for us. And I'm just going to use my gym expressions here. Hey, community, get along and don't have an inferiority complex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Recognize that with God, with the Holy Spirit, we're really chugging on the right road. We don't need to have that inferiority complex, and we don't need to have that sense that we can't do much. God placed us here in Milwaukee. He expects mighty things of us. Of you, of me, He expects them. So there's just two things that really stand out today. And I would like to share them. Things that 
I could if we were sitting down over coffee, I could talk about these things for hours. And I'm just going to give you just a little itty-bitty sliver of two of them. But I, I just want you to keep this stuff in front of you. The first is us. Our fellowship. So, duck, they're coming. <laughs> Do you remember that when you were a kid? Right? You hear, the, you hear the, the police car go by and then everybody freezes. You think you're funny. And then you're my age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Did you say that? Thank you, Lynn Marie. Um, there's us. So we've got this. So right now, and I believe that somebody is watching this live streaming. It's good to have you with us on live stream. In, this, in 2019, people... They don't ever have to step foot in a church. Any community of worship, they don't have to do it. They can watch videos. They can listen to iPod or podcasts. They can read books. Uh, there's things online. Uh, congregations will upload uh, this or that in whatever format, and people can do this. There is more ways. There's, there's blogs. There are blog followers. There are people who build YouTube channel, YouTube, their own YouTube channel, and people will just slather it full of videos. And people don't ever have to step into a church. They don't even have to go in and give money anymore. If somebody wants to walk out biblical tithing, you know, they can cut a check electronically. They don't ever have to go. Why do we need a church? Why do we need a church anymore? What makes a church so different? You know, this is, this is us. So we need us to encourage each other. I think somewhere along the line, and I've talked about this before, somewhere along the line, people go to churches because they, you know, they want to know what they can get out of it. But, you know, Jesus didn't say, attend this congregation and then you'll be good with me. He said, follow me. There's a lot of active service in it, right? We're actively followed. We actively follow to do what he says. We actively work and minister. We actively reach out. And here at Grace, we want people to be active members. Roll up your sleeves. Get in the game. And Paul spoke to this when he was talking to the church in Corinth. Get involved. We need you in there. And we need you here. But you know one of the great things that we really need? We need to build a community that people who don't know the Lord will come in and feel welcomed in. Not tolerant. Welcomed. We don't tolerate everything in the world. But we have to build a congregation that receives people. If nobody would come to service, how on earth would anybody in the world ever know to follow God? Do you know the people who I've talked, and I, I, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I'm going to say it anyway. But I hope it doesn't offend anybody. Do you know the people who I've talked to, I know some people who, who will watch and they get their whole community experience from an online show. Some congregation they'll follow, uh, something like that. And that's their whole believers community is an online group. How on earth are they going to invite anybody to church? Hey, come on over to my place. We'll watch TV together. How are they going to invite anybody to understanding what it's like to be a part of a community of believers? They can't do it. I've not found where any of them can successfully do it. 
Being online can, can help a little bit. You know, we've got one of us, uh, a gray site, who is in Afghanistan right now. I know from time to time he's been able to watch. We have other people who have had difficult times getting in due to health reasons or physical reasons. And they've had difficult times making it into service. And praise God for an online presence. And not just for us, for communities all over the world. But there's, there's no substitute for being in person. We can't build a place online that non-believers feel welcome in attending, that they can grow in and, and get to know God in and experience God's presence in. I was speaking to somebody beforehand. We had this ladies' function yesterday here at the building, and I was speaking to somebody before service today who was telling me about a non-believer who was here at the ladies' function, and the atmosphere impressed the non-believer. There is no, well, how do you get that online? We can't. We have to come together. And you know, if, you know those days where you're in bed and you're laying there and you're like, oh man, I have to get up and get ready for church. Maybe I can just miss today. I'm not doing anything. I can just relax today. It's not always about coming just for you. It's about coming for others. We need you here. You know what I'm talking about? We need you. We need you to build it. Now, I know it's funny that you're here. You've actually come today, and I'm speaking this to you. So do me a favor. For all the people who aren't here today, just call them up and say, man, you messed up so bad. <laughs> just give it to them, okay? But I just want to remind you. I want to remind all of us. As a church, we need to be together. And it's not just for us. It's for the people who are going to come. And yes, we have ministry, and we do things together here also. But for the people who are going to come, I've got, you know, I've got family members who don't know God, and I pray for them regularly, and I think someday, I hope that they go to a church. And when they walk into a church or some kind of place that presses in, serves God, when they walk in, that those people are as excited to see them as, as I would be if I was there. That's the community we should have. All right, second one. I set a little bit of a backdrop here. In the book of Acts, we know about this very bad man who's killing believers. Paul. Saul. And he's killing believers. He's a Jew. He's a Jew's Jew. He's well-educated to, to teach and to do a student of the word. And uh, he's killing believers, people who follow Jesus. And we know this is Paul. And uh, he has this amazing journey and he's in the Lord's presence, and he's blinded, and it's just a tremendous time of God, and he realizes that he was wrong. He should not have been killing believers. You with me? Go ahead, Mike. For some days, he was with the disciples of Damascus. This is after he realized he's wrong, and he, he gets his sight. He lost his sight for a short season. He gets his sight restored. And for some days after this happens, so now he's back. It's a few days. Some days he's with the disciples of Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. Bam. He goes from killing some days. He's with the disciples and he's immediately proclaiming Jesus. So this guy is killing people and then he's proclaiming. That's an extreme switch. Imagine if somebody is... I, I was thinking about this in, in preparing for this message. I was thinking, who is a good comparison for this? It would be like um, the president of Iran, maybe. Uh, who clearly is not a fan of America, standing up and saying, T today, America is my best friend. I love America. And we would say, you're a loon. Right? So Paul goes from killing believers 
to speaking for the believers. And I can't imagine what they thought. I mean, the believers, holy man, this guy's crazy. I mean, what did they think about Paul? But he did, in a matter, just bam! And all who heard him in were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them uh, bound before the chief priests? So they were, they, they were talking about this guy. This guy was out to get us, and now what's going on here? He's one of us. We need to be go-getting people. Who's anointed? We are. What are we waiting for? What's the problem? Well, I don't know what to say. Good news. You're anointed. I've never been trained. You see where I'm going with this? Open your mouth. I'll do it too. And if I mess up, I'm going to send them to a different church. I'm kidding. We just got to give it a shot. I mean, if Paul can go from killing them to start talking with them when they don't even know what's going on, why can't we do it? Now, I've, I've shared this before. I have a challenge. I work with Christians. I work with believers. My dad said this for years. I was with my, uh, my youngest daughter um, is engaged, and her fiancé was in town. She and her fiancé were in town a couple days ago. <clears throat> and we were, my, this, my almost son-in-law and I were at a baseball game spending some time together. And we were sitting, uh, talking to the people around us, and we were having a great conversation with a whole bunch of uh, Cincinnati Red fans, actually. And they were very nice people, and, and one of them just said, so, and she looked at me, what do you do for a living? <sighs> and that is a buzzkill. If you want to watch a conversation, just die. Tell somebody you're a pastor. And so as soon as she asked me that, I went, oh. I'm pastor. I'm not embarrassed of it. I just know it's a conversation slower downer. So I said, I'm a pastor, and she goes, oh. <laughs> so several hours later, I was talking to my son-in-law, and I said, did you notice her response? He said, yeah, that was, that was not good. <laughs> we got to find where people are. Can we just, you know, there's no excuses anymore. The last four weeks I've been talking about different things. Different things that we've got to take on. Be willing to change. Get, be willing to be willing. So we've looked at these things. What excuses do we have for not sharing? I don't know what to say. I don't know who to talk to. All you've got to find is somebody to listen. Anybody have a neighbor? Anybody have a coworker? Anybody get your hair cut? Some of you should get your hair cut. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Jeff, Gavin, I see you got some free time today. Maybe you can get in there. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. All we have to do is find people to share with. And just share. You know, let me, I just, it's not hard. Here's a great way to start. And remember, you're anointed. So if you don't like my idea, the Holy Spirit's going to give you a better one. Okay, if, imagine this. If I say, hey, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. How are you? She said, good, Jim. How are you? I'm good. i got to go to church. You ever go to church, Sandy? Yeah. Is your church as cool as my church? No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. But you just ask them. I think we're a great church. I do. I think we're a great church. Visitors can come in here. And you know what? If they don't like us, that's all right. We tried. It's okay. 
we can still talk about God. And we trust that the Lord will lead us. Because he's not going to... He's not going to drop his own name. He's not going to drop the ball and sharing his, of his own name and a great love. He, he sent Jesus to die. He's not going to only help some people get to heaven. He wants to help everybody figure it out. Not, every, not everyone's going to take it. But his desire is he loves everybody. Well, we could talk about that for a long time, couldn't we? So, you know, we see in the scriptures, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost part of the earth. Go ahead. Let's, get this next, let's look at this next slide here. So this is taken, uh, this is in Israel. This is taken, if you would, you're facing this, we're facing this silo, but if you imagine just behind you as you're facing the silo, Jerusalem is just behind you. And some of you may have heard of a place called um, Yad Hashmonah, and that's this place, it means memory of the eight, uh, memorial to the eight is the Yad, memorial to the eight. The, um, it's a beautiful place. It used to be a trash hill, and Golda Meir gave it to a Finnish believer of all people. And it, it, the location's really neat, and it's high in this hill, this Jerusalem hill. But what I want to point at is, see that next hill? That's Judea. So here we are, we've got our back to Jerusalem, and we're really technically, we're right on the edge of Jerusalem and Judea. Just this, just this where this picture's taken, Judea is the next hill, and if you were on top of that hill and you looked at the next hill, you'd be in Samaria. So when he says, look at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the earth, starts right here, and then we go right there, and then we go right there. It's a really simple concept. When we're going to share faith, you're Grace Christian Fellowship, we've got a fabulous city, and it starts with our next-door neighbor. Those we touch daily. Those in our church neighborhood, those people right here. And then we go a little bit further, and a little bit further, and a little bit further. And when they come in, we love them to death. I know we're not perfect, and there may be somebody here that's offended you. we got to figure it out. We go back to them, we work it out. And we practice our community here. We all have so much gain because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we're building on so much. Now, we've got a lot to learn. I understand that. But we're doing it together. Going to home groups coming to church services, in the middle of vacation season, worship nights, ladies' functions, all these things, we're just we're trying to build it together. And we build the place and we look forward to new people coming in and joining us. We have to carry the word out. There's statistics and I've, I've over, it's overwhelming how few believers share their faith. And it's so easy to say, hey, I'm going to church, you wanna come? I've actually used the expression, I've, I've invited people, I say, hey, I'm a preacher, do you want to hear me preach? Yeah, you're, you're a preacher? Oh, okay. And they'll come, they've listened to me because I'm preaching. And then I've, tell me, tell me, am I a bad preacher? No, 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 you're different though. I've heard that a few times. <laughs> Just invite them, invite them to your home group. It's not a heavy deal. Our community here is always growing always moving forward because the Lord is leading us. Sometimes it's uh, growth that's internal, like we're understanding more of what the Lord's doing in our life, and sometimes it's numeric. Sometimes people move and they come and they go. There's numeric changes, but we should always be looking to share faith. Amen? Amen. So I wanted, I did something a little bit different today. We've done this about a year and a half ago, and I wanna do this again. If you are 18 or over, 
On the back table, on our, you know, there's a back table under the back window. There are a pile of books. Take a book, one book. But now here's the deal. If you're not gonna do this, don't take a book. You ready? And it's first come, first serve. So if you want a good book, you gotta get there. Take a book of something that will help you draw closer to God. There's some Bible devotionals. There's a, one book, it's just notes, how to take sermon notes. If it helps you focus and pull things from the Lord, there's a prayer journal, take a prayer journal. Take one book. If we all continue to draw closer to God, to share our faith, to draw closer to God, to share our faith, we are set. We cannot mess up if we draw closer to God and we love others. It's that easy. We can spend a lot of time talking about that, but in a nutshell, that's it. Draw closer to God, love others. Agape others, not tolerate. So take a book, but use it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's have, let's have our own back-to-school time. Draw closer to God. Imagine if our entire congregation in these next few months really has a recharge a restore, a re-recognition as a whole unit of increasing our time with God, what's going to stop us? That's a good question, isn't it? If everybody in our congregation did this, what will stop us from being a kingdom force? Nothing. Nothing will stop us from being a kingdom force. So please stand up and we'll pray. Lord God, we thank you for the work in this house. We thank you for leading us, for calling us to you, for for bringing us along the way in life. And Lord, we do look to be a kingdom force for you. We have no excuses, Lord. We know that you're with us. We know that you're guiding us. We're so grateful for what you do with us each and every day. And we ask, Lord, that this congregational family make a statement for you in this city because we love you, and because you desire that we love others. Thank you for this time and this family, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Have peace. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.